Blog Talk Radio. Reconnect My Heart will discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. Excuse me. That's 516-453-9118. 9118 or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart or you can go to our chat room which is available I'm, I'm logging in on right now okay good it's available right now on our website you can leave your questions, comments, or even your prayer requests. You're welcome to do so. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers, Tabernacle Church, 
Well, our senior pastor, Pastor Otis Logan, if you're ever in the Dallas Forward area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and every one who are tuned in to the show. But also, thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. Yes, I hope everyone had a great day. I hope everyone enjoyed this Sunday, the second Sunday in the month of June. Well, today... We have to talk about this, very important. A lot of good men get a bad reputation because of the behavior of a few bad guys. There's a lot of good men, a lot of good dads, a lot of good fathers who are taking care of their responsibilities. But unfortunately, the media or even the opinions of others. They give the spotlight to those who are not good fathers. A lot of times the spotlight goes on, if you want to call, or some people call them, the deadbeat dads, the absentee fathers, or I've heard this terminology, which it just ails me when I hear it, but... Uh, sperm donor. Well, a lot of people put the spotlight on those type of guys. While the good guys, the good fathers, they get little to no acknowledgement, no recognition. In this second of third, second of three episodes on fatherhood, we're going to talk about some of the issues, some of the struggles that some single fathers, we talk about good fathers, we talk about those who are active, those who are trying. We're not talking about those who refuse their responsibilities. No, we're talking about those who are taking care of their responsibilities, who have a will and a desire to take care of their responsibilities. We want to talk about them. We're going to talk about the struggle. We want to talk about the issues that they go through. We want to give some testimonies and also some encouragement to those who feel helpless, for those single fathers who feel helpless, who feel alone. We want to talk about those things and much more in the episode called The Life of a Single Father. Now, I want to say this disclaimer. This is no offense to the young ladies. But I want to make sure that we talk about the males. This is the month where Father's Day coming up. Matter of fact, next Sunday is the Sunday that we celebrate Father's Day. So I wanted to make sure that we talk about and talk to the male 
figures. Now, of course, the young ladies, you're welcome to listen. You're welcome, especially if you know some who are fit that responsibility. We want to make sure that you get the information to be able to contact some fathers, some single fathers that you know who fits this category. Feel free to give them the information. Feel free to even give them this episode. But I don't want anyone to say, well, you know, there are single mothers that don't think that's true. But we're not celebrating Mother's Day. We're celebrating Father's Day. And I want to say this. There are some great ladies. There are some great mothers. There are some great single mothers. But we want to talk to and about the males. I celebrated the single mothers on, if I'm not mistaken, if I didn't do it on Mother's Day, I did it before Mother's Day because I like to make sure that I celebrate those who are married, but also, most importantly, those who are single. So we gave the single mothers their just due. We gave them their platform. And so today, the platform is the single fathers. But we want to talk about some of the things that they may have gone through, especially there are some things that I may even, I'm not going to say maybe, but there are some things that I would share because I've traveled that road. Now, now, first and foremost, I do have to say this. Unfortunately, society does expect men, especially some black men, just put it out there. They expect some to be inactive in their children's life. They expect some fathers to be inactive. They expect for them, not all, not everybody does, but there are some people, I'm telling you, it's like from what I've seen and from what I've experienced, when I have my son, for those who don't know, I have a 12-year-old son. When I'm out with my son, and especially if we're going out to eat, we engage in conversation. We might even play a little something while we uh, waiting at the table, or even if we're walking, if we're walking, going somewhere, going to the mall, going to the store, um, and this is just me because I have that Papa Bear uh, mentality, that Papa Bear characteristic. I'm very protective. I'm guarded physically to make sure that if anything happens, that I'm there to protect them. And so a lot of times when we're going somewhere, I have him, I put my arms around his shoulder. And there are people who look, and I guess because they don't see that often, some of them are shocked. Some of them, they, they may look and they may smile. Some of them, they may say, you know, great job. Or, um, and I appreciate that. Thank God for that. But then there are others, <gasps> You know, you you spend time with your son. Uh, I've had that, that. I had people to say that to me. You know, um, you know, uh, yeah. What, what do y'all talk about? You know, and it's like they act like they've never seen a father engage with the child. 
And it's shocking to me, and I'm going to say this, especially, especially when we're going out to eat, we might laugh, we might, um, like I said, might watch a little TV on the, on the phone, uh, might watch a little program, and there are some that have really have said some encouraging words. Um, they've even, some of them have even paid for our dinner. And I appreciate that, but also even with me having lunch with my son, we always pray before we eat. And everything we do is not it's not for so this whatever we do in the public, that's how we interact in privately. But I'm not just saying because it being me, but there are many other fathers who are doing that. But unfortunately, under the same token, I might be at the dinner table eating with my son, but then all of a sudden there's somebody else on the other end coming in, and they may have their child, and they cussing out their child, or that father may be um, having his pants sagging down in front of his child. Who's going to get the spotlight? It ain't me. It's them. Now, unfortunately, many guys who are like that, a lot of people, they'll easily talk about them, but not too many people go up there to them and try to talk to them. Now, it's easy for us to talk about people. It's easy. But true love will want you to at least say something. Pray and ask God to set the scene and also uh, for them to receive. You know, but I'm saying all that to say this a lot of time, even the guys that are like that, they are practicing a behavior that they might have been taught. Or they practicing a a behavior because they haven't been taught. So it goes either way. But going to a single father, a real father who's loving, who's caring, um, I had this to happen when I was, um, I went through a divorce, and uh, when I was going through my divorce, I was speaking to an attorney, and I I didn't know a lot of information, so I was talking to this attorney. I stopped him, and I asked if he was an attorney. He said yes, and so I asked him about visitation, and he looked at me, and he said, how old is your son? I said, he's four. He said, man, let him stay with his mama. You don't even worry about him. Don't worry about him. You know, just you just live your life. You just have one child. Oh yeah, yeah. You just live your life. Let your mama deal with him. Don't even worry about him. And he looked at me straight in my face and said that. And I thank God for being saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, because when he said that, it did something to me. I mean, I was like, now are you saying that? And he wasn't joking. I'm going to tell you, he was not joking. He looked at me dead in my face and said that. Now, are you saying that because that's how you are and you don't mind other fathers to be that way? Or are you saying that because of the stigma that single fathers have? Either single fathers or single black fathers or whatever. For whatever the reason, didn't even I didn't even ask him why. I wasn't even trying to figure out why he said that because when he said that, I already knew his mentality. So I had to ask God to help me to be able to detox that out 
and keep on going. Not hold it against him because he probably practiced something that, you know, what he grew up with. But in spite of that, there's so many good fathers that are out there, like I said, but they're putting a the spotlight on those who are dead beasts, uh, those who are inactive. But unfortunately, a lot of fathers that are single, a lot of them, they're not looking for recognition. They're not looking. A lot of times they're not not only, not only they're not looking for recognition, but a lot of times they don't get any assistance. I was talking to some fathers, some single fathers, and you'd be surprised. A lot of times there are some who are so prideful that they, if they need some help, if they need some assistance, they won't even ask. Kill themselves to try to provide for their child or children, but unfortunately they're too proud for to say, you know what, I need some help. Now there are some that they will vocalize that they need some help, some assistance, regardless if it's through family members, friends, or even the government, government assistance. But when you think about it, that stigma of a father receiving assistance, let's say receiving assistance from the government. First of all, him having to remove his pride, but also how would society look at their father receiving assistance from the government? That's something else. You know, now I'll just say it like this. Now, if a, if a young man met a young lady that was on assistance, government assistance, he wouldn't dwell upon that. He would be able to help, assist, and they can have a beautiful relationship. But on the other hand, what is the likelihood of a young lady, what is the percentage, would it be the same percentage of a young lady that would look at that father who's receiving government assistance with that same percentage of that guy pursuing a young lady who needs assistance would that same percentage happen where the young lady sees that father needing assistance? How much would that influence that young lady from stop pursuing him or being pursued by him? I'll say it like that. It's something to think about. It's so much of a stigma. And to be honest with you, I'm going to tell you like this. There are so many fathers that do need assistance. I was dealing with a friend of mine couple of weeks ago and he was letting me know that um, he was on the verge of losing his home and he was trying so badly to save the house for his children. He can't get any assistance but he knows some young ladies that got some assistance from the government to be able to help save the home and all that you know but many of the young ladies that he knew that needed assistance they got it but he didn't get it. There was already, quote, unquote, a label because of him being a man that, you know what, he's going to have to provide more proof than that young lady that he needs assistance, and they still turn him down. Yeah, that's, that's we talking about reality. I'm not talking about something that I'm guessing about or, you know, I heard about it from second or third 
departed. No, I'm telling you, I heard it straight out the horse's mouth. Someone I've known for many years. And unfortunately, like I said, how many how many times that we've heard how many times that we've heard, you know what? Well, you know, as a man, it's a man's responsibility. We always hear a lot of time of well, you know, it's it's the man's responsibility. He's supposed to he's supposed to sweat. He's supposed to suffer. Okay, but on the other hand, it took two to get the child here. That's to say it. Now when I was growing up, there was a lot of single mothers, and unfortunately, the mothers had to take care of the child by themselves. Sometimes there was an absentee father. Sometimes the father didn't provide a lot of support. But now we live in 2018, and now there's a lot of fathers, not only who are taking care of the children, but it's a lot of fathers who have custody of the child. I want to acknowledge a great friend of mine, a great father, actually a great minister also. His name is Mr. Derek Richardson. He's a young man that I've seen, and I've seen him not just as a minister, but I've seen him not just in public as a minister, not just in public as a father, a single father, but I've seen him in private as a minister and as a single father. He has two beautiful children. Because they are minors, I'm not going to say their name. But two beautiful children. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm very particular on who I associate with. But also I'm very particular who I allow my son to intermingle with. But... His children, I freely, I freely would go over there and I would allow, not just for me to fellowship with his fault, you know, with him, but I would love for my son to interact and intermingle with his children. Beautiful spirit. They're worshipers. You know, he raised them in an atmosphere of worship, in an atmosphere of praising God and everything. And, and then, you know, we would, we would go by over there. My son and I would go by over there. And after every visit, right before we get ready to leave out, we pray. You know, get my son, get his kids, and we pray. Men praying. Yeah. Not just men praying, but fathers praying. Dad is praying. Dad is praying with his children. Dad is praying with friends and family. So he's a great example. And, and, I wanted to bring him up also because not only God has blessed him and sustained him as a single minister, as a single father, but also, if I'm not mistaken, it was last month. Last month, he got the pleasure to be remarried. He married a beautiful young lady, and she has some beautiful children. And so I had the honor of... um, doing the ceremony, and I was just, I was humbled. I was honored to be able to see such a great man that I've known for many years growing up, but I've seen even the struggles that he had as a single father where he had to be the one to make sure that the kids were not just fed physically, but fed spiritually. And, of course, fathers, that's what our responsibilities are. 
to make sure that we feed our children spiritually. But there are some struggles that single fathers go through that I want to bring up. Part of it, anytime a father is single, society and even some people always ask, what did you do? If a single father has some children, the first thing they automatically think, he was a dog, he was a player, he cheated or whatever. And don't know, he might have four or five kids. But what if he was married and his wife left, which does happen. Yeah. Or what if he have a lot of kids and the wife was killed or murdered? See, a lot of times they just go by what? They jump to conclusions. That's why the Bible tells us, judge ye not unless ye be judged. Now, the first thing somebody say, oh, only God can judge. No, that's not what that scripture means. What that scripture means is don't assume. That's what that scripture means. So a lot of times people jump to conclusions because it might be, like I said, a father who may have many children. On the other hand, you see a father with a lot of kids don't mean all of them are his. There's also some who may adopt. There may be some who, uh, matter of fact, I know someone who uh, the brother passed away. And so the brother, uh, there's been some of the brother passed away. There were some that a sister passed away. And the brother of the deceased adopt his nieces or nephews. I've seen that. And so, a lot of times people automatically think that uh, that father, he must have did something wrong. Or if he's if he's single because he went through a divorce. Oh, he cheated. He did. Oh, every man is a dog. Every man is a dog. That's, that's the nature of a man. No, it's not. That's probably the nature of the man that you'd have met. Hmm. But not all men are dogs. There are some great men of God. There are some men that believe in chivalry. Believe in devotion, commitment, but most importantly, they have the fear and respect of God and God's people. So that doesn't mean that every man is a dog or a player. No. But also, there are some great fathers that are playing their child support. They're playing. They're playing. They're paying their child support. But unfortunately, even though they're paying their child support, they're not able to see their child. There are some guys that are dealing with an upset baby mother or some people call her hmm, an angry mother, an angry baby mother. There are some that are dealing with that. And when it boils down to it, true enough, and, and I'm going to say this, this is even though, even though, the responsibility of the father, if he does not have custody of the children, well, first of all, I'll say this: both parents supposed to be supposed to be contributing to the rearing and raising up of the child. Supposed to be, not just physically either, not just visitation. We talking about financially, emotionally, but also spiritually. 
should be, supposed to be. But unfortunately, some some guys, they'll pay child support. They won't see their child. Some have even said, well, you know what? If you don't pay your child support, you won't see your child. That's, uh-uh. You don't take that responsibility for yourself to dictate he not going to see his child because you didn't get any money from him. That doesn't matter. What you do is he still needs to have the right to see his children and also vice versa. But because of it being fatherhood, I want to speak. I want to speak about the guys who are taking care of their responsibilities. Those guys who are paying child support, but they still not able to see their child. And the bad part about it, there was some, matter of fact, there was one young man that I was talking to and his child's mother tried to have his children to call somebody else daddy, even if the man was doing the right thing. So there's a lot of anger inside of those type of relationships. But there are some fathers who will pay, and it hurts them. But a lot of times they don't know where to go. Sometimes they'll just muster it up. But also, there are times where he paying child support, and then, law forbid, he loses his job. Now he might have been he might have been paying child support on, let's just say, based upon a certain amount that he was making on one job. And then all of a sudden he lose that job. He no longer employed there. And then he finds somewhere else to work. But it's not as much as he was making before he lost that job. But child support is not going to quote unquote automatically change. He trying to make some money. He trying to make some money legally to be able to provide for his child. And unfortunately, they're taking out they still taking out the same amount, but a lot of times things happen. And like I said, I know there are many scenarios pertaining to um, some fathers who might have been trying to beat the system. We're not talking about them. We're talking about some upstanding men, upstanding fathers. And then there are those who go to jail. Now, I would say that just because somebody goes to jail don't mean that they're guilty. And also, anybody can go to jail if you if you want to face the facts. Just about anybody can go to jail because even if the paperwork is not submitted properly for them to be able to take child support out of your check, if no one filed it correctly, you know what will happen? They'll end up picking up you. Now, all you knew was, all you knew was, well, you know, just fill out the paperwork and you turn into HR, human resources. You turn into human resources, and that's all you know. You did the paperwork, you signed, and you turn into human resources. But now you have to depend upon someone else to make sure that it's done right, and they didn't do it right. So guess what happened? You end up going to jail, and you know that you did it right. You know. 
you see the money coming out your check, but yet and still, it's, it's routed somewhere else. And I'm going to say that just because somebody go to jail, that doesn't mean that child support stops. No, it don't. No, it doesn't. Child support, if you owe child support, guess what? It's still going to accumulate. It's just like it's just like you own the IRS. If you owe the IRS, you know what's going to happen? Just because you might be sick, you might be incarcerated, that doesn't mean that they're going to put it on hold. No, there's going to be daily penalty and interest compounded daily. Same thing with child support. That's going to come out. You're expected to pay that until they get the age of, I think, 18 or if they go off to college or wherever it is. But a lot of time, if you don't pay it, if you you have to double check to make sure that even though you turn into HR, you have to make sure, hey, look here, you call your um, your general, I forgot what you called it already. But anyway, you make sure that you call the proper channels you go through. You go through to make sure that, hey, look, I want to make sure that y'all receiving it. I want to make sure that it's routed from me, from my check to over here because I don't want any problems. But also, not just in a father going to jail and he's still having that child support build up, build up, build up. That's depriving him from his children. Now, I will say this. Matter of fact, I wrote it down. I found out when I went through my situation, I found out that a lot of time when, let's say going through a divorce, a lot of time the the fathers, they'll automatically, okay, they'll assume, okay, well, you know, we're going to go, we're going to get joint custody. That means we're going to share the custody of our child. And that's it. One of the things I made sure in my book, um, I'll talk about it later on, but in my book I wrote, I made this chapter 16, things you need to know. First and foremost, I tell people who may be going through a divorce or even if you're, unfortunately, there are some who might have um, had a baby outside of marriage. Now, if y'all don't get married, I will say this. Make sure that you do your homework. That's the number one rule that I made sure to put down. Do your homework. Don't rely upon the words of others. Don't rely upon somebody else's past experience either. You do your homework. You study. You ask questions. You write down everything. Matter of fact, when you talk to an attorney, I prefer talk to a attorney, an attorney who specializes in child custody, divorces, or something like that. Also, along with you double checking, because the mother and the father cannot come together and talk about. Not just the custody, but the visitation rights, because a lot of times some fathers, because a lot of times the the women, they'll do their homework, but the guys, we don't. But just because you may have uh, joint custody, that has nothing to do with visitation rights. 
has nothing to do with it. That is a separate entity. So you have to know the difference because the standard visitation in the state of Texas is one day a week for you to visit your child, one day a week every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m., and then you have them every other weekend. And then for the holidays, you alternate holidays, and uh, for the summer, it switches. But when you think about it, let's just say during a school day, during a school time, to visit your child one day a week for two hours from 6 to 8 p.m., do you actually think you would effectively raise a child, the father? Fathers, do you actually think that you could effectively raise your child based on two hours on a weekday? No, no, uh-uh. no, but see, when you look at it, now, the visitation, it says whatever y'all agreed upon, or if there is no agreeance, then by default, it would be this, six to eight on Thursdays and then every other weekend. So there are some fathers, because they didn't know, they're stuck in that situation. But what happens if those fathers who are who have that six to eight visitation, what if they're working on evening shift and they can't see their child during that time on Thursdays? See, stuff like that, there are, there's a lot of things that fathers go through, single fathers go through. Now, I want to stop for a minute. Cause I want to I want to share something even pertaining to my own personal situation. I know. Um, first of all, what was so weird? And um, when I was when I was married, I was uh, my son, mother, and I. We uh, we had a talk, and we we agreed upon telling our child, our son, um, together that um we would no longer be living together. And when it when we said he like I said he was four, um, we said it in a way where he would understand and it was it was hard. But he was like, Oh, okay. You know, so I was like, okay, oh, good. We got that out. Saying it that was hard. That was hard. But once we said it, we got it out. We were like, "That's it." I thought that would be actually that was the easy part compared to the reality. The reality when I would pick him up, and then I would have to take him back to his mom because he was always with me. When we were all together, he was always with me. I was, you know, I always had him with me. All the time, and and now they moved out, and so when I would go by and pick him up, we had fun and just enjoyed each other. But when it was time for me to drop him back to his mom's house, and then I told him that I'm gonna go. Oh, he. 
to scream. He would yell. And there were times where he would actually run on my leg, run to my leg and grab me and sit on my leg, begging me, Daddy, please don't go. I'm going to tell you, as a father, as a human being, that was hard. That was hard. I wanted to leave. Excuse me, I, I wanted to stay. Didn't want to leave. But, you know, now there's been a change in our in our relationship, uh, in his mom and our relationship. And it took everything in me to keep myself together in front of him. I wasn't concerned. And I'm going to tell you like this. I wasn't concerned about no one else but my son. I wasn't even concerned about my feelings. I was only concerned about my son. And I hated, I hated that he was in that position. And what I did, I had talked to God. And I told God, this was not a situation I wanted him to be in. I hated it. As a father, I would suffered, I would have rather dealt with whatever to be able to have him, to have both his parents together. But I told God, I don't understand. I hate this. God, I need help. Help me to be able to deal with this. And God told me, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. I said, that's fine and dandy, but I need something that's going to help me. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. I said, God, I don't understand. I don't understand what that means. And he said, listen, I am your father. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Right now, there's some separation between you and I. But when I come back, not only I'm going to pick you up, but I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to have you to enjoy what I built for you while there was separation between you and I. So he said, even though you're hurting right now because your son is hurting, he said, you utilize the moments of you all not being together to, number one, be before him, but also create an environment, create a dynasty where when he gets older or when he gets to the level where we could be able to be together, then I not only he'll be able to be in my presence, but he'll be able to enjoy what daddy built for him while there was some separation. And that really ministered to me. And so that gave me the responsibility to work hard like never before. Number one, work spiritually. Work materialistically every aspect. Now, I'm not saying everything pertaining to materialism, no. But on the other hand, Right now, because there are some separation in time between the father and the and the child, utilize that moment so when y'all get back together, you won't have to work so hard. 
You don't have to build something then. No, this is time where y'all can celebrate, y'all can enjoy. Y'all can enjoy. And so that's the reason why I have the work ethic work ethic the way that I do. So I thank God that God helped me even in that time. So now that's been eight years ago. So now we can get a chance to fellowship, we can get a chance to talk, we can get a chance to just enjoy. Because and also now he understands. And also, um, I don't have I don't have that regular standard visitation. Thank God, even for my son and mother, uh, we got a chance to make some special arrangements. So I see him every other day on uh, certain weeks. Uh, there are separate uh, there are two type of weeks. There's an A and a B week. On the weekends that I I'm gonna have him, I see him Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Then I have him Saturday, Sunday. But on the weekends, I don't have him like I didn't have him this weekend, so I saw him twice a week. But because of modern technology, thank God that God has blessed us to be able to have smartphones. So that way, I can video chat with him. So I video chat with him, and we may talk and just engage, so I thank God for that. But along with that, you know, the other things that we have to look at as single fathers. I want to, I want to say a little bit of this as single fathers. A lot of times we deal with a lot and we don't have anybody to lean on, to confide in. And actually we're suffering in silence. A lot of times we're suffering. A lot of time we're going through. And unfortunately, a lot of time, many people don't know what we deal with. I'm going to tell you this, and um, my intention wasn't to go this route, but I feel the need to just go ahead and say just me being transparent for those who may even uh, need to know a little bit more about myself so that we can help them know even more about themselves. But one of the things I always try to do, I always ask myself when I get ready to drop off my son, I know a lot of times People, um, I minister to a lot of people. Um, people may see uh, my posts or videos on social media. Um, sometimes I may minister to people at church, outside of church or whatever. But I always wanted to examine myself, excuse me, examine myself and ask myself, as much as I'm planting the seed in other people's lives, Am I planting the seed in my son's life? I ask myself when I get ready to drop him off. And I've done this ever since um, I I think uh, my divorce. But right before I get ready to drop him off, I ask myself, did I do the job that God required me to do as a father? Did I do it effectively? Did I do? Did I say? Did I demonstrate? Did I instill what God wanted me to instill, to deposit into my son? Did I do it? And there are times that I examine everything and I'm like, man, I might have missed an opportunity to instill some nuggets. I might have missed it. But I asked God, God, help me 
to not beat myself up, but help me to seize the moments. Help me to be able to see the opportunity to instill because it's you know, a lot of times it's easy to instill in other people. It's easy to deposit into other people. But a lot of times we omit our own, our own children. Because a lot of times we assume because they see daddy doing it, a lot of times we assume that they'll get it. And a lot of times we'll show, but we won't tell. But when it comes down to other people, we'll tell, and sometimes they'll be able to see. Sometimes we can tell them, we can tell others, we can tell them, and sometimes they'll be able to see it, demonstrate it by us. But a lot of time with our children, they, we may, we may do it, but they, they, they may not be aware. They, we may not have their full attention, so they'll miss it. But also, a lot of time because. We don't say it. We miss those opportunities of bonding. And so those are the kind of things that I have to really pray about and ask God to help me to seize the moment. So now what I try to do, I try to look at those moments as teachable moments, even when it comes down to like something happening. Um, a lot of times we may, my son and I may go to the store. We may see, um, a father interacting with that child, and sometimes a parent might be, oh, not just a father, but um, any parent might be interacting with other children, and they might cuss and fuss and all this stuff. And so, what I try to do, yeah, I even try to use that as a teachable moment to my son to let him know, you know, uh, we'll just pray for them, and he'll ask me, you know, why is he cussing her out? You know, why, why is she cussing him out? You know, they're just a baby. I say, you know what? We don't know, but you know what? I hate for them to do that, but on the other hand, thank God they were able to do that in front of us. So that way we can be able to know who to pray for today. We can pray for them right now, you know. Um, but also let them know that even though even though that they're not right in doing that, but thank God that, you know what, I don't have to talk to you that way. You know, you're dealing with someone, you know, I don't have to curse. I don't have to use these uh, devilish words, uh, profane words to try to get my point across. Number one, I love myself enough, but also I love you enough to talk to you as a respectful young man. And so even with that, I use that as an opportunity to applaud him for him being the young man that he is. So with that, I want to talk to I want to talk about um when the fathers go through the divorce or go through a breakup and you're dealing with an unreasonable child's mother. I want to tell you it may be hurtful. It may be it may get you angry of how they are disrespecting you. I want to tell you, do not take matters into your own hands. I want to talk to the fathers. If you are paying child support and she, I'm going to say it like this, and she tripping, don't stop paying child support. You don't stoop down to their level. You raise up your level. But more importantly, you raise up a standard 
that God has given you the strength to exhibit. How she responds, how she acts, should not dictate how you respond. How her behavior may be shouldn't even influence how you respond or even how you treat her. Because even though she may not be respecting you as the child father, but always remember this, they're still the child's mother. But also, we have to remember that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. This is a spiritual matter. So, number one, we always talk about praying for the children, but we need to pray for our child's mother also. This is regardless if we're with them or not. Pray for them because what if they are a result of a broken home also? A lot of times we want God to use us. A lot of times we want God to make us stronger, make us wiser. We want God to enlarge our territories. But oftentimes the way that God going to bless us is how we respond towards our enemies or those who try to do harm, try to use us, try to abuse us, those who may lie on us. But also, when you think about it, what the devil meant for evil, God can turn it for your good. And so, when you're dealing with someone who's unreasonable, and it so happened to be your child's mother, now, I'm going to say it like this, now it's time to pray. Anybody that make you pray, they ain't really your enemy. Also, there's a person who needs help. And I'm gonna tell you like this. Don't look at well, my my uh my ex wife tripping, my ex girlfriend tripping. Don't look at her as your ex girlfriend or your ex wife, but look at her as your child's mother. Why? Because when you think about your child, you'll be a little bit more compassionate because that person is connected to your child. So you may not like, you may not want to deal with your ex-wife, your ex-girlfriend. You may want her to just walk off the face of the earth. But when you think about how your child will feel, when you think about your child, that's your child's mother. And everybody loves their parents. And I'm going to tell you like this. A parent might be a terrible spouse, but they may be a great parent. But even if that parent means nothing, maybe, let's just say maybe the worst thing on this side of heaven, maybe the worst thing for you, towards you, may have done you wrong, treated you crazy and all that stuff. But when it boiled down to it, that's half of your child. That's half of your child genes, half your child roots. So in other words, no matter what, they're still your child's other parent. But we have to pray for them because we never know what they dealt with. A lot of time, we don't know the whole story of what made 
our ex, our ex-wife, ex-girlfriend, or whatever. You don't understand. A lot of times they may not be forthcoming with information pertaining to what made them who they are today. What situation, what circumstances, or even if they told us what they went through, a lot of times we may not see the results until later on. So even though that person may be acting crazy, we still need to pray for them. We need to allow God to help us to not have that bitterness in our relationship towards them. And so also the other thing, I will say this, when you have your child, when you get ready to drop your child off to your child's mother's house, or y'all meet up or whatever, it's always a good idea before you drop up your child, pray with your child. See, let's just say that there may be an uncomfortable relationship. It might be um, a dysfunctional, I'll just say a dysfunctional relationship. That person may not be the, in your eyesight, um, you know, you, you you hate you hate that um that child's mother behaving this way or that way or whatever, but you know you're gonna be dropping your child off. You have to understand just as much as you may be hating that type of environment, as a believer we need to pray. And so that's one of the reasons why us praying for our children before we drop our children off. Asking God to protect them, protect their spirit, protect their heart, protect their mind, protect their integrity, and instill godly values and plant that seed into them. And God's word is always true. God's word will not return void. So for us to be able to pray, for us to be able to let our children know that we're there for them, we love them, but also not just saying it, but showing it, demonstrating it, pray over our children. And along with that, I think about I think about sending the blessings over to our children, the blessings of God, sound mind, uh, wisdom, discernment of spirit, protecting their soul, protecting their heart, and also even like I say, even if it's an unreasonable mother. Praying for that child, praying for your child, but also praying for your child and praying that even if that child begins to speak to their mother, that there is something that is said that will reach that mother to help her to be able to get that bitterness, that hurt or that unforgiveness out of her. Who knows? Like I said, that father, you never know. You never know what that single father, um, that mother had to deal with. So as fathers that are responsible, we have to look at it as an opportunity to let God fix this because we can't do it. But also, I'm going to say this, not only in praying, not only in letting God handle it, but also you, not just not taking it upon yourself, but you let the Lord handle it and you let the law handle it. The Lord, L-O-R-D, and the law, 
L-A-W, handle it. See, if we try to take matters into our own hands, not only we can get ourselves in trouble spiritually, but also legally too. So not to take matters into your own hands. But a, a couple of things I want to say, you know, being a father has been very rewarding. And uh matter of fact, I have a necklace. It's a dog tag that uh, my son got me. It says, Dad, he got it for me from Father's Day about four years ago. And then last year, he got me a bracelet with the cross that has uh, the Lord's Prayer. And I wear it. I wear it every day. Matter of fact, when I get up, I, when I get ready to uh, leave out my bedroom, I always put it on. So I'm I'm very honored for that. But I want to share this with y'all. I had this I had this to happen and um I want to tell the men don't quit doing what you're doing continue to be encouraged because it does pay off you know um I took I took my son to the Galleria um a couple of months ago it might have been about 3 about, about 2 or 3 months ago I took him two or three months ago, and a lot of times to Galleria, you might see some celebrities, movie stars, athletes, whatever. And so I was taking my son and just to let him know the environment. I want him to be around uh, a prestigious environment. So I told him, you know, we at a mall where you might run into a celebrity, you might see somebody of high importance. So, um, you know, not to get shell shocked, but you know they're human beings too, you know. And so, as soon as I got done talking, he said, "I see a celebrity," and I'm like, "Who? Who? Who?" He said, "You. You're my celebrity. You you're someone famous. You're my daddy." And he said that, and I was like, "Oh man, he it really messed me up," you know. But for a son to see his father that way, you know, that that really did something to my heart. So I thank God I thank God to be in a position to be able to um have a son I could be able to be proud of, but also I tell him this, even uh when he was growing up, um I said, I love you. I said, Do you know why I love you? And I told him a couple of things, and now it's just systematic. But I said, do you know why I love you? And he said, because I'm your son. I said, yes. I don't care what you do in life. I don't care who you are in life. You're always going to be my son, and daddy loves you because of who you are. And a real father does that. A real father um, and I, I've, I've seen so many fathers. Uh, matter of fact, I had um, I ran into a young man named David. I met him a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, and you know I, I saw him interact with his son. His son, oh my gosh, sweetheart, sweetheart of a kid. And matter of fact, when when he runs into a man, the little boy always shake the man's hand and say, "How you doing, young man?" Look here, I think I can't remember he was. 
six or seven or something like that. But this little kid telling me that, how you doing, young man? I'm like, I'm doing great. How about yourself, sir? I'm doing fine, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. I said, man, look at there. And he being raised by a single father. So there are definitely some great men around. And so I don't care what society say. I don't care what people put on Facebook. Ain't no good man around. Well, no, you looking at the wrong spot. But also, that's your problem. You're looking. Let him look for you. So that's 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 the way it is. But um, I want to encourage those fathers who are going through, don't give up. I want to encourage the fathers who are trying, who are, it look like there's no change, it look like, look like their back is up against the wall, they don't know what else to do. I'm going to tell you this. First of all, pray, but also do your homework. And if you do need some help, hey, nothing wrong with, and nothing wrong with, hey, look, I need some assistance. And it doesn't always have to be financially. It could be emotionally. It could be mentally, whatever, spiritually. And I think a lot of time, if us as men, if we can become transparent, it can help us to live longer. Right now, a lot of time we're stressing ourselves out. We're, you know, we're trying to handle everything on our own, and we're being in, we're being uh, ineffective. We're being ineffective. So, you know, I love, I love for us as men to be able to take care of our responsibilities. But on the other hand, a lot of times, some of the single fathers, they try to handle both roles, dual roles, and there's nothing wrong with getting some help. And it doesn't make you less than a man, it doesn't make you less than a Christian to say that you need some help. So, to the single fathers, I know especially when it pertains to even going out to pursue a relationship, a future relationship, you know, the first thing a first thing a man want to look at is look, how's you gonna interact with my child? Now we're not trying to, you know, have a child to uh receive a young lady to take the place of the mother. But on the other hand, you know, as single fathers, we wanna make sure that we get someone that would help and and cultivate and help our children not diminish but grow. We want to make sure that we get somebody that's not going to be jealous of the relationship between the child and the adult. No. And a lot of times, I've matter of fact, I've dealt with some who have uh, had a conflict with that because they end up, they like someone, but come to find out that person was jealous of the child. And so the father had to leave it alone because he realized he was dealing with somebody that was not mature. So my prayer for those fathers who are single, number one, for you to know that you appreciate it, but also for those who may be pursuing uh, a future relationship, praying that God leads you to the right one, praying that God leads you where it can grow your family spiritually, emotionally, mentally, but also be praying that God help you even be able to deal with the child's mother and pray for them. And always remember this, always remember, even though the relationship between you and her may have changed, the relationship between the mother and the child didn't change. 
So always remember, no matter what, they're still the child's mother. Ask God to help you to be able to have a poker face attitude when it pertains to your child, even if she's acting outside of character, a godly character. Don't say anything bad or negative to your child about their mother, because no matter what, they're still the child's mother. Ask God to help you. Ask God to be able to give you the right words to do or say. And also look at this as a teachable moment, even for you to be able to grow and be the man that God called you to be. Who knows? It might have taken that to be able to make us realize some things in our life that we need to work on. It might be some character building that may, may even take place through this. But I want to encourage those fathers who those characteristics that I mentioned throughout this program, I want you to know that no matter what you're dealing with, you can give it to God. And always remember this. There's someone that's able to hear you to help you. But if you don't open up your mouth, no one would never know that you need assistance. But also don't let pride to make you stop or prevent you from getting assistance for your child. Look at it for the best interest of your child. And also, the fathers who are doing what they need to do, I thank God for you. Thank you for being that example to us. And if there's anyone else who's going through, know that God will not put more upon you than you're able to bear, even if we choose to bear more than what we can handle. God can help us even in the things that we chose for ourselves. And that those who may be dealing or listening to this program who ain't saved, Romans 10 and 9 tell us, if thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ thy Savior, and believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and, the mouth, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whatever situation you may be dealing with, we will give it to God right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We come to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. God, we ask you to help us in every endeavor of our life right now, God. You see the needs and the concerns right now, God, of the fathers who may be listening right now, God. God, we ask you to help them, strengthen them, mold them, help them to rely upon you and trust in you, God. And God, we speak, God, even to the children's mother, God, who may be Dealing with conflict, internal conflict, God. God, we ask you to help her, God. God, we speak, God, that you remove every hurt. God, help her to understand, God, if she look at the best interests of the child, God. Help her, God, to be able to give everything over to you right now, God. She may not she may not be um be where she needs to be at in you, God. But God, help her, God, and even help the father be able to pray for the children's mother right now, God. And God, we speaking, God, that you remove the bitterness right now, God. God, I even thank you, Lord, for even what you've done for me in my life, my, God, my personal life, God. God, thank you, Lord, for helping me, God, ministering to me, God. And God, thank you, Lord, for even allowing me to have a workable relationship with my son's mother right now, God. And God, we speaking, God, that you allow this testimony to reach other men that no matter what, men or women, God, no matter what, God, if they trust you, God, you can work everything out, God. But God, the only way that you can work it out is if they give it to you, God. And God, help us, God, to be able to keep our hands out of it and you allow your whole hands to come in, God, and fix the problem. And we bind everything the devil stand for in the name of Jesus. We bind everything the devil tries to do. We bind every ripping. We bind every 
catastrophe the devil may try to do. We bind every destroying thing that the devil may try to do, every explosive thing that the devil is trying to do right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. Thank you, Lord, for the testimony that's coming from this right now. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in and listened and who supported this show. If you have any suggestions on future topics, future episodes, feel free to contact me on Facebook. My name is Brother Prater. You can read my daily devotions or videos on my page, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, or you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.org. If you go to my uh, store section on brotherprater.org, you can see my book called A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to, excuse me, was written to inform the men of the needs and responsibilities toward their children, their family, their spouse, or even their children's mother, regardless if they're with them or not, to inform women the needs of men and to give the single women the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in and who supported this program. And thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart radio program. God bless you and good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.